Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. Now, over the last few weeks, you've heard me talk about an important upcoming symposium about the impact of social media on our kids, and especially on our young athletes. I think we can all agree that this has become an issue of epidemic proportions where For just a few seconds that it takes for a kid to tap something onto their phone, the impact can be hugely impactful, both in the short and in the long range on their lives. Now, we already know that that college coaches uh, routinely check on their high school kids uh, and what they post online. Uh, We also know that college admissions officers, especially when a kid is on the bubble of being admitted to a school at the college, will check on the kids' social media postings. We know that employers will always check on a job applicant and their online profile before making a decision as to whether to offer them a job. Now, you know, none of this happened 10 years ago. And today, it's become standard pretty much everywhere. Now, I mentioned the seminar. It's going to take place on Wednesday, October 24th at 7 p.m. at Montclair State University's School of Communications and Media. Admission is free, and we've assembled a top-flight panel of former pro athletes, college coaches, high school athletic directors, and law professors to give their insights and thoughts. And if you can make it, I urge you to attend. You know, now, in in talking about social media and our athletes, you've heard me say that this is one of the the most pressing issues of our time. Why? Well, because as parents, coaches, and educators, we just for some reason, can't seem to get our kids to understand the destructive power of social media. And the examples of these situations are endless, and they lose, it basically leaves a trail of embarrassment. And every day from all over the country, we read about more and more incidents. In fact, here is the most recent example. This past week, St. Joseph's High School in South Jersey suspended its longtime and much-heralded head football coach, Paul Sacco, for two games this season after a video went out on social media in which St. Joe's players were using racial slurs and other offensive terms regarding players on an opposing team. In addition to Coach Sacco, a number of uh, of other St. Joe's players who appeared on the video are also facing suspensions and other serious discipline from the school. The video basically is a bunch of St. Joe's players trash-talking about their opponent the following day, Haddonfield High School. They're talking smack in a most unkind and undignified manner. And not only was it all recorded, it was then uploaded and posted online. The video was shot in the basement of Coach Sacco's home. 
See, traditionally, St. Joe's players come over to his home the night before a game to, you know, to get together and to bring a sense of unity uh, to the team. Now, ironically, Coach Sacco wasn't even home that evening. He was out scouting future opponents with his assistant coaches. Only his wife was home with the players, and I have to presume that she wasn't aware what was going on in their basement with these kids. Bottom line, it's a mess. Coach Sacco, who again is the winningest high school football coach in South Jersey, is embarrassed for himself, his wife, and for his team. And, of course, the football players, they look like total dopes. I mean, by now, any kid who knows how to upload a video or comment online has to know that there are going to be serious consequences for posting such stupid and harmful stuff. And yet, and yet, it keeps happening, not just here, but all over the country. So once again, what can be done, and when will this end? Do we have to make the punishments even more severe? Do we really put in place a a total zero-tolerance policy regarding these teenagers? Is that the solution? Well, I'm... I'm eager to get your thoughts about this. And, of course, our toll-free line is one 337 Or today's athletes, they just figure this is no big deal. And that's the sense I'm getting, that if they get caught with posting something dumb, they just apologize, they acknowledge they made a mistake, and they just move on, and everything will be fine. I, I think it's fair to say that's, that's a little naive, and yet that seems to be the pattern we're seeing over and over and over again. This is precisely the kind of social media issue we're going to be talking about uh, at Montclair State. So let's, let me get your thoughts and comments. Let's start our conversation this morning with our friend Ed over in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Ed, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Rick before I have to say, what's the website for that thing on the, on the 24th? Because I'm looking forward to going. And I've never mentioned I've been calling a long time. Yes, Do you know the right. website? No, I don't think there is a website for this. Uh, I know that, uh, and this is perhaps is on the Montclair State website, because uh, they're the one that's taking care of the uh, the media and, and the posting at the and, press. And, do, and do, you, do you know what building is located in Montclair State? I, I believe it's at, it's being, uh, it's going to be housed at the, uh, at the School of Communications and Media. I understand there's a beautiful auditorium there right in that building. So that's where I would go. In fact, I, I'm glad you mentioned this, Ed. I'll get more information as exactly to the location because Montclair State is a big campus these days, and I want to make sure people know exactly where to go. Right. Well, again, this social media stuff, it's, it's getting out of control on that. And, uh, again, I think the uh, college athlete, high school athlete, think that they're supposed to put whatever they want on there. And now it's getting to the point where now they're putting blame on the coaches. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're responsible for their teams and all that. And uh, it's, not, it's not making like people like us who have coached for a long time want to continue coaching. It, it feels like it's another irritant that we've got to worry about instead of deciding who's got to play in today's game. Well, that's, I mean, this is the reason I mentioned this coach, coach Sacco situation. I mean, he's sort of like collateral damage. I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, he obviously coached for many, many years. Obviously, he brings the kids over to his home, and his wife is, is you know, basically is uh, there to, to make sure the kids are fine. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the kids said, well, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to do some, uh, some trash, trash talking about our opponent the next day, and it gets posted. And right away, not only are the kids look like they're, they're dopes and stupid and, and it's harmful and, and uh, it, it really damages the reputation of the school and, of course, of the coach who gets suspended. I mean, the whole well, thing here, is silly. I mean, it's just, a, I'm sorry, Rick. Go, no, ahead, finish go, up. go ahead, Ed. Say, continue. No, well, I'm going to tell you another story, and this doesn't even have to do with social media. 
there's a college in New Jersey, a baseball program, who suspended one of their players because when they had practice one day, the, the kid had had a stamp from being out at a bar one night, and the coach suspended him for the rest of the fall. Yeah. So the point I'm trying to say is they're, they're even worried about the, kid, the kid's actions out, outside of the baseball program. Well, you know, you know the kid the kid wasn't even smart enough to wipe wipe off his stamp, you know, from being out at a club or whatever the night before. It's 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 just it really is is to the point now where I understand we we you know that's ebbs and flows with uh, policies and punishments, and I think we're at a point now where we become so lax uh, with our players, whether they're saying, well, you know, so yeah, you caught me. Uh, yeah, I was out last night at a, you know, at a party, at a bar, or whatever. You know, well, I'm sorry. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, you know, we're going to suspend you for the rest of the season. Well, that's too harsh. You can't do that. That's ridiculous. There, there's, no, there's no sense of rhyme or reason or standard that the coaches are allowed to use, either with that kind of discipline or with, with social media. It doesn't seem to stick. It doesn't seem to get the point across. That's the concern. And I think that's something we're, we're all dealing with. It's as simple as that. Ed, I well, hope that... Go ahead, Ed. Rick. One, one, thing, one last thing. A lot of that has to do with the parents. You well, know, they're, they're always, of course. you know, that when we grew up, if we did something wrong, our parents said, Good, you deserve it. Yeah. Today, <laughs> now, now the parents want to fight the coach saying, You're too tough with this, too tough with that. I go through with coaching right now. Ed, that's the essence of all this because, after all, you know, the parents are saying, geez, I'm paying a lot of money and a lot of time to make sure my kid gets to the next level of, of their sport, and now you got, the coach is going to punish them? That, that, no, I'm not going to support that. I don't want that to happen. Yeah, but mom, dad, you got to teach your kids the basics of, of respect and, and, and the sense of, of team discipline and, and understanding what's right from what's wrong. And unfortunately, in too many cases, at least with the social media, those lessons either are not, are not being put forth or they're being, the message is being garbled or whatever. And, and that's, that's what we're talking about. It's as simple as that. Hey, Rick. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to finally meeting you on the 24th. I'm yes. sure that event's going to be outstanding. I'm, I know you're going to say a lot of great things for, to hopefully wake up parents and if there's any student athletes in the audience. Ed, I very much, uh, you've been a contributor for a number of years on the show. I very much look forward to seeing you in person. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, have a great day. Thanks, Ed. And, and just to echo Ed's sentiments, yeah, so many of you have been kind enough over the years to listen to the show, and, uh, you know, you hear my voice, but I've never had a chance to, to meet me in person. I'd love to have a chance to, to meet you face-to-face, shake your hand, and exchange our views about all this stuff, because these are the issues that sports parents and coaches and educators deal with on a regular basis these days. Again, a decade ago, Social media, no big deal. Now it's it's every day this is happening. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, to Long Beach. Uh, Louie, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, hey, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, uh, great, great. Great to speak with you again, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that alarmed me when you uh, gave that story about the football coach is that who invites their team to their home? I mean, you are inviting uh, a devil's den. To, to bring your team at home because anybody can say anything that happened at, in the home. And during that time that you bring these kids to your home, suppose afterwards these kids get together, you know how the kids are. They want to have a beer. They want to have this. They want to have that. All of a sudden the story changes that they were drinking at the coach's house. I mean, I've never heard of anything so ridiculous. You're just inviting uh, a big problem when you bring anybody to your home, bring them to church, bring them to the library. Bring them to a synagogue. 
but don't bring them to your home. Well, That's I, a big I, mistake. I, you know, Louis, um, I hear you, and I hear your perspective on this, um, and, and th- thanks for the call this morning, but I'm not sure that's so much an issue for me because honestly coach Sacco has been you know been a coach there for well over 30 years and for a lot of coaches even back when I was in high school you know you, you would go to the coaches that would have uh, you know team dinners at either uh, uh, either their house or, or at another uh, one of the players homes it's a sense of bringing the team together to focus on the game tomorrow uh, obviously Sacco must have felt pretty comfortable doing this because uh, you know he 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 said, I have to go out and, and, and look at scouts and other teams, some other opponents. So he left his wife, wife home. And these are kids, theoretically, obviously out of a parochial school, who should know better from right from wrong. And um, I don't know if there was any alcohol involved. I don't think that was alleged at all. But, uh, yes, yeah, part of his suspension, Coach Sacco was told by uh, the people who run St. Joe's that, no, you can no longer have uh, kids over to your home. Um, you know, I, I just think... For as I said earlier, for a few seconds, kids decide they're going to upload a really stupid video where they're saying uh, you know stupid stuff, um, and it costs people. It costs the. It just it's disruptive. It embarrasses the program and embarrasses the coach. Why? What? What? What do these kids gain by doing this? And and that's the concern that not only are they not thinking ahead, but they don't see. They don't want to seem to understand or, or comprehend the destruction that they're doing. But what they think is going to be very funny or humorous or whatever their intents are. All right, let me, let me take a time out and, and have some commercial messages. And, of course, Dave Uram has your, your sports update. When I come back, though, I want to go back to your phone calls because this is what we're talking about these days, social media, uh, what happened down at St. Joe's with their football program. Just a, yet another example of this it goes on on and on all the time. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Welcome back to the Sports Edge. Uh, we're talking about the incident out of St. Joe's High School football team in South Jersey uh, this past week. Is yet another example of social media disrupting the lives of young players, and in this case, the coach as well. Even though he wasn't even there. Uh, that being said, the uh, coach Sacco has been suspended for coaching two games this season because he was supposed to be supervising his team on a Friday night get-together in his home. You know, thinking about this, I wonder if any of his football players have actually apologized to him for their behavior that evening, or for that matter, what their parents uh, make of all this, and whether or not uh, they share any sense of the responsibility for their kids' behavior. I mean, is it fair that, as I said before, is Coach Sacco, I mean, in effect, I guess I understand he's the head coach, but is he sort of collateral damage because of his players? one 337 6666 we got to, as I said, get our, got to think of a way to get uh, the lessons uh, and, and to instruct our kids, our teenage kids, about social media. And I'm going to get your thoughts and comments. Let's go with our to Mike in Orlando, Florida. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Yeah, good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you, Mike? Um, I'm wonderful. Um, this is a great... This is a great topic because, you know, this is really a lot of reflection of, of society, right? Because, right, everybody just thinks they can sort of go out on social media, sort of hide behind, you know, that, that cloud because they're not, they're not directly confronting someone. So they just sort of spew things out there. Obviously, there's, right, from, from, uh, from politicians to, you know, sports figures to regular people, you know, that civility, you know, is sort of gone. And as one of the other callers, you know, said before, is, you know, if something was happening in the past, right, the parents would be extremely involved. You know, All I right. grew up in the New York area. My 
My dad was a police officer in New York for 26 years. He knew what we were doing and not doing and who we were with and, and not with. And, and one of the biggest things that he always used to say is, stop trying to change the world. Change your house first. Yeah. Well, you know, Mike, and that's, that's, that's uh, sage advice. Uh, and, and, you you know, the fact is a lot of kids uh, either or their parents sort of say, well, as you said, you know, this is all about, the you know, the freedom uh, uh, of speech and I have a right to say whatever I want. Well, no, you really don't especially when it affects the lives of others or uh, something is hurtful. It obviously, it could totally boomerang and hurt, in this case, the football team and, and your football coach. Uh, you know, it, it's, it is a problem, um, and I don't really see this problem. It only seems to accelerate. And the other point you made but the fact that because of social media, you don't have to – this takes a certain amount of thought and reflection before you say something in public. But if you put it on, on the line on your phone – then it's like, uh, nobody's going to really care, nobody's going to pay attention. But people do pay attention uh, if you have some sense of, of stature in, within your community as, as a high school athlete or as a college recruit. It's just wrong. Now, it, it's, it's, um, it's become so mainstream, it's going to be difficult to sort of uh, put an end to all this or at least to get kids to understand the power well, of this. Again, I mean, it's, that's... It's, it's just the way it is these days, and uh, you know, it is a concern. Mike, let me take some more calls. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, you too. And and let's uh, let's go on to uh, to Stephanie up in Weston. Stephanie, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm doing very well, thank you. And usually I don't call in, but this one really uh, got to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm calling because I understand the social media aspect, but we also have to focus on the content of the material and and perhaps the the anonymity of it being posted was 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 a, a way of somebody trying to get a message out without feeling a consequence um, so I, I mean that's my comment to that well uh, Mr. Steph, what do you mean by getting at the anonymity I mean obviously it's easy to track down who, who sent the uh, the posting or in this well, case. I didn't- I didn't think it through. However, um, it, it's just a consequence of, of perhaps getting um, from other players or, or I don't know. Um, but I think we're missing the, co- the, the, the point here. Another point is the content of the message. Um, and, and so th- that's my point. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure I understand entirely, but uh, the content is what we're talking about here. In this particular case, the football players and several of the players you could see on the video so there was no mistake as to who did this, who was participating, and they're using the N-word and using other offensive slurs. I mean, what, what good does that do? Is it trying to – it was aimed at the Haddonfield High School football team with their next opponent at that time. What, is that just trying to talk smack to somehow get them enraged? I don't see how that works. Uh, maybe, you know, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's just a lose-lose no matter how you slice and dice this. Hey, uh, let's go to Len over in Brick, New Jersey. Len, good morning. You're on the fan. How you doing, Rick? Um, I just had some uh, insight onto this topic. Yes, please. Uh, being being a head football coach down here at Brick Township High School, yep. and also uh, at the uh, school where Coach Warren Wolf, who who used to be the all-time leader in wins before Coach Sacco had passed him, mm-hmm. uh, growing up in Brick and playing for Coach, we would go to Coach Wolf's house every Sunday night, you know, for brownies and to watch film. Right. And um, it was just, you know, it was always a great thing is his, Mrs. Wolf would make up the brownies and milk, and we'd watch film. And, you know, the team would go there, and it was a bonding. It was getting to know Coach on a more of a personal level, along with watching the film. And then after that, during the week, we'd have individual players 
and their position coaches. You'd go to a position coach's house every like some some position coaches would do it. Where you'd go to their house, you'd have a dinner. If you if you did good, the coach would give you dinner. You sit at the house, and maybe it was like four or five kids in a position meeting. And you know, I did it with my defensive line coach, who was uh, the late Tim Osborne, former coach at Jackson Liberty. Um, when I was coaching at Brick as an assistant, I had kids over my house. Sure. Uh, to the point where I'd be in meetings and I'd come home. My wife was sitting home doing work, and I'd have three kids in my kitchen cook, cooking the meal that we were going to eat. So <laughs> yeah. it's some great memories. Now, to this day, as a head coach, I have the whole team over the first game of the year, and we have uh, you know we have uh, uh, pasta dinners on um, before every game. You know, I do the first game, and then every uh, all my senior parents split up the rest of the season. So having kids over in that aspect is great for the team. It's great for the bonding. And it's great for, you know, you, a lot of coaches, you know, talk about family and, and being together. And it's great for that aspect of it. Well, the other part is the social media part. of it. Yes, yes. Go ahead. And that that part, I mean, that's something that you have to go over with kids and 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 parents alike. I mean, I have a I have a meeting every uh, uh, before the season starts late spring when I have all the eighth graders sign up and I have everything going on. I have a meeting with my incoming classes and my whole all the kids parents that are in the school currently and we go over social media we say the aspects of how to make it in a positive way to use it you know for good and we have a lot of kids that do a great job promoting themselves as athletes and you got to understand the recruiting tool that it is for kids um you know we have kids that do a great job promoting themselves in a positive way and as a coach you just got to let them understand that you know what is appropriate what is inappropriate and I think it has to also come from the parents I mean you can't just be you know a coach's blame here too has to go all around well, let me just, and I, I let you talk here because I'm, I'm listening intently. Uh, first of all, I, as I mentioned earlier, and I agree with you, you know, uh, it's become traditional and routine for a lot of high school programs, uh, whether it's football or other sports, where they, are, they do have team dinners, sometimes at, at, at the coach's home or at one of the uh, uh, players' families have a dinner. Uh, and it's, it, it's a wonderful, as you said, brings back a wonderful sense of memories and tradition, and, and it's a very unifying kind of concept. Uh, that's great. Um, in this case, I guess you can make a case that perhaps Coach Sacco made a mistake by not being there in person, to, you know, because he's done this for many years, obviously, and then you know, left his wife home to oversee or supervise the kids. So maybe the, having the kids being teenage boys, they said, well, you know, we're going to do something on our own. Nobody's really supervising us here, and they do something really stupid. Okay, so I get that, and that's why Coach Sacco is yeah. suspended. Uh, yeah, that's that, that, that's that's tough right there. That's a it tough is tough. Spot I mean, to, it's you know, I, I don't know if I would do that myself, but it's a tough spot to try to cancel it. Even though you got to go, you know, you got to go scout. But that's yeah. you know, that's you know, that's where as a head coach, you're responsible for every action of the of the program when something like that gets together. You yeah, know? I mean, he's he obviously uh, perhaps uh, you know an error in judgment, and uh, he's now going to pay the price. Uh, but it's it is unfortunate that even these high school kids. And again, this is not something new, as you know, Len, that, you know, kids left their own devices. I guess this is how they fill up their spare time by saying, hey, let's do something. Let's put together a really uh, uh, annoying or irritating uh, video yep. and then put it out there to our opponents. I mean, why would you do that? I mean, that just doesn't somebody yeah. there start to say, maybe we should think twice about doing this? And could there be repercussions? And this could be embarrassing to ourselves and the school? I mean, that's yep. what concerns You're us. Right. And, and I honestly think that's where, you know, this is where we, we, we just don't seem a solution. Now, you said, yeah, parents and the coaches, they have to educate their kids. But, again, this has been going on now for several years, 
and it doesn't seem to get through. That's the problem we're talking about. So, uh, well, part of that, part of that, in my opinion, goes through. I mean, you know, having kids in the locker room with music playing in the weight room and stuff. You know, some of the music I'm always saying, I don't want to hear curse words. I don't want to hear these words. Yep. And you know, just about every piece of music the kids are listening to these days has a lot of that on there. So they're kind of just emulating what they hear. You know, these yeah, kids are very. You know, I, I hear you about that. I mean, I and uh, and Len, thank you so much for uh, your thoughts this morning. Uh, appreciate it. Um, you know, no it's 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 more than just just sort of saying as a coach or as an adult, you know, to the kids, you know, let's uh, try to, you know, behave and think about things. No, I think we're at the point now where, you know, we really need to have an overall perspective. I mean, as today's uh, teenagers and the athletes get a little older and they eventually, you know, get out of school and join the workforce, unless we can somehow educate them about the devastating impact of social media and the stuff they post, uh, and, and these lessons have to be drilled home. Uh, then they're going to continue their ways into their twenties and thirties, and and they will never learn. And I know that most coaches these days spend time with their kids, their athletes, warning them, as Leonard mentioned, not to post uh, stupid stuff. But they do. Now you know, longtime uh, coach uh, Jack Smithlin, who's been a guest on the show, uh, has said that you have to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat the same message with these kids before that message begins to seep in. And maybe that is the key. I'm also thinking that, that you know, we really need our schools with the support of the parents to become firmly involved and to teach a mandatory, mandatory class on the perils of social media, a class that not just a one-hour session, but a class that lasts for, you know, the course of several weeks, during the school year, and is not to be regarded uh, in a light fashion. I mean, I think that's the only solution here, because when we buy our kids their first cell phone, we absolutely need to give them careful instruction on the phone's power to both help them as well as how it could hurt them. I mean, we don't let our kids drive cars without being taught by a professional driving instructor, and I think we're headed down the same road with phones and social media instruction. we got to get professionals to teach our kids and to drill home the f- issues of, of social media. In fact, I mentioned uh, there was a, it was a big study published in the Washington Post recently which revealed that 70% of all teenagers, they don't have any issue with social media. They don't see that as a concern. In fact, they quite like it, and they certainly aren't going to stop using it. So it's not going away. And that's this paper, the Washington Post uh, article, said that most teenagers – and now prefer social media communication over in-person interactions. That's, to me, quite alarming as well. So the point is, it's not going to go away, and we're just letting it sit there and hope that our own kids don't get involved or ensnared in this. And I think that's, that's really being unfair to our children and our teenagers because, you know, if they get in a social situation with, uh, like, the football team at St. Joe's, you know, in a Friday night basement, you know, you know things, only bad things can happen. And I think that's what we're really concerned about here. And now the question is, what are we going to do as coaches and parents and educators to get the kids to understand that uh, what may seem like a silly and fun idea can really, really backfire on them and on other people's lives as well? one 337 6666 That is our number. When I return, I'll go right back to calls. 
And that's right. I do want to reinforce that at 9 o'clock this morning, it is Football Sunday with Mark Malusis and Dave Deal. Make sure, you, of course, you tune in and get all their thoughts on what's happening with the Jets game this afternoon and all the goings-on in the National Football League. And just a quick reminder about AskCoachWolf.com, which is, of course, my, my website. You know, I, I know every Sunday a lot of listeners uh, can't get through on the phones uh, onto the show because, and of course, our time is limited. But you should know that I always write a column about the topic we cover on the Sports Edge, and, and I post it on AskCoachWolf.com. And so if you want to get your opinions or thoughts uh, into the mix, just go to AskCoachWolf.com, and you can certainly post your thoughts and comments there as well. I'm eager to see what you have to say and to share your opinions. Uh, I mean, people do that already, uh, and you certainly should as well. Uh, and also, just to uh, – and I'm going to give next, – by next Sunday, I'll give you more detail exactly uh, on the address uh, at, for the seminar at Montclair State. It is being held in the School of Communications and, and, and Media. So hopefully that's a, some, some help to you finding a place to, uh, to go for the, for the uh, seminar. But again, I get more detail as well. Uh, in fact, as I mentioned, the, the post game, that's what we're calling the, the, the symposium. That's on Wednesday, October 24th at 7 p.m. Admission is free thanks to the generosity of Investors Bank. Uh, the New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic Association, and Montclair State University. And I do very much look forward to seeing you there. Uh, let's get back to our callers. Let's go to Art up in New Haven. Art, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, how are you doing today? Yes, Art, how are you? I'm doing good. Hey, um, I'm really not seeing uh, that this is a big problem. To me, it's only hurting the, the kids you know, the, the kids who post something. So, you know, honestly, it seems like it's kind of exposing a lot of people for who they are, and, and I'd rather know if, if, you know, someone's a racist or, or, you know, something else than have them, you know, be like a model citizen and be doing all kinds of stuff behind the scenes. Well, that's an interesting thought. So, in other words, you're feeling that it's almost better for these, these kids to, you know, rather than to hide their, their thoughts and opinions, to post them out there so that people can see who they are and what the hell they think. Is that correct? No, that's no. I'm saying that w- when this happens and someone gets caught, it yeah. is, but I'm not saying for them to do that. I'm saying the ones who do that are exposing themselves and you know showing showing who they really are. Oh, but I'm not encouraging them to do that. I'm saying you know when they do it, it's only hurting those kids who do it and. Well, no, it's, it's Art, yeah, I mean, it, it is a very uh, hurtful and destructive thing. And, and uh, I mean, you would, I mean, assuming that teenagers today who are so fluent uh, when it comes to their phones and uh, Snapchat and Instagram and, and Twitter, you would think that if they're clever enough to understand how social media works and gets posted, they would figure out to be clever enough to realize that they put out something that is really offensive or racist or stupid, that that can only come back to hurt me. I mean, they, isn't that common sense? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really see. I mean, it may, it, it'll offend you. Um, so in that sense, yeah. But um, I, like I said, I think it's yeah. really just hurting the people who post it more. Well, of course. And that's, 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 that's yeah, I hear you. Thanks for the call, Art. You know, yeah, I do think it's, it's harmful to the kids who post it. And, yeah, you would like to think that, that kids today, and I understand that the teenage years, uh, we give our kids a little bit more lee room, a leeway to to, um, to to do things that perhaps uh, when they're in their 30s or 50s you, they would never think about doing. 
But this is the kind of thing, and again, most of these incidents are taking place with, with teenage athletes. Uh, it's not to say it doesn't happen with grown-ups these days, too, but we've got to get our kids to think ahead. That's the whole idea of getting kids to become more mature and to be, take on more responsibility and to be accountable. Uh, these are important lifelong lessons, and social media yeah, I guess as I said, it, it just the kids just don't see it as a, as a big deal, and that's a real challenge to parents and the educators. We gotta see, get, we gotta get our kids to realize how a big, much a big deal this really is, and how it can really hurt them in the years to come. Let's go to our friend Mike out in East Rockaway. Mike, what are your thoughts about all this? Morning, Rick. Uh, well, it is bizarre when teenage athletes uh, go on Twitter, social media, like you said and say the things they said, offensive, racist, think it's a joke. And I'll say about some parents, well, you can't be blind to it. You have to respond and say something. Of course. Because it'll continue. And it's really bizarre uh, behavior in every sense of the word, Rick. And, you know, let's hope it comes to an end. And I think that's a good point you brought up. Uh, They need to uh, go to a class where you get all the – all the uh, parameters of doing things on social media. Be careful of your words. It's out for the world to see. Um, always a great show, Rick. Uh, I still listen to you every Sunday. Had a boy. Uh, 17 years now. So. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And, and, you know, that's the word I think I use. It's bizarre where suddenly our teenagers are, are, are you know, have this power or discover this power, and yet they don't understand just how powerful social media is and – for some reason, we're just not getting the message across that you got to think twice before you put something out there. Let's go up to Westchester County, and Marcelo is standing by. Good morning, Marcelo. You're on the fan. Hey, hey good morning, Rick. How are you? Good. Who are you? Uh, I just wanted to say this is a little bit of an extension of a, a bigger problem going on right now with just permissiveness. Everything seems to be okay in society right now mm-hmm. for people to do or say. Mm-hmm. You take it another step to the NFL issue with the with the kneeling. It's a freedom of speech issue, you know, and people don't see where, you know, their freedom of speech can cause issues with other people and other situations. And I don't know, unless somebody experiences something personally where there's a negative impact, it's really not going to be driven home to them. So uh, that's really it. Well, I think these are these are good observations, Marcelo. Uh, and you know, thank you for the call. Uh, I do think a lot of this is tied in with a sense of uh, permissiveness in our society. Uh, the fact that there's no, uh, as you said, there's no no sort of sense of like um, uh, retribution if, if a kid does something stupid. Well, you know, it's just a teenage stupid, uh, you know, tweet, whatever it might be. But they don't understand that the, the, the power uh, of what they post uh, can come back to haunt them down the road. Or, you know, in the case with the St. Joe's football coach, it can harm, you know, the, the coach's reputation as well. Uh, something has to be uh, put in place. Something has to be taught. And I, I still believe that we're at a, a juncture now where we're going to have to have teachers uh, because we can't rely necessarily on the parents to do this. But the schools have to have kids go through classes where teachers uh, basically are explaining to kids, you know, this is what you can't do, what you shouldn't do, and this is how, you know, you have to understand the power that that phone gives you and how it can really destroy your life and other people's lives as well. It can just be an awful, awful mess. 
Uh, let's go up to Milford, and Donald is on the phone. Donald, good morning. You're on the fan. Rick, hello, good morning. Yes, Donald. I wanted to echo Art's sentiments, but also to point out that the Internet is, you know, we're just one big experiment in it now, and I don't even think adults know really how to use social media, uh, you know, let alone children. Right. But I think what the children say or what they're doing on social media is just a reflection of their parents. And like Art said, that they are exposing not only themselves, I think they're exposing their parents as someone, people who would, you know, condone whatever this rhetoric is that's horrible that they're spreading. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, you know, we need to educate the parents, well, not, the, <laughs> not the kids, because the, kid, the, the, hor- the horse is out of the barn here. You know what I mean? Well, I, you know, <laughs> Donald, that's, that's, that's true, because uh, in effect, we, we, we've asked for parents for, for a long time to, to intervene and to basically educate, because the parents are the ones who get the kids the phones. The most, I know some kids buy their own phones, but the fact is most parents are the ones who buy the kids the phones, uh, so they're enablers, and it's it's necessary to educate the parents to say you got to teach your kids about what what happens when they use social media. That's in many cases that's just not happening, or the parents don't understand social media themselves. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I'm, I'm I I wasn't I'm not a child of of the internet. I didn't grow up with the internet. I you know Me I understand neither. that. So we understand that parents today you just can't turn your back and say, well, I don't get it because. You're the ones who are enabling your kids by buying them on the phones, and if the parents don't do that job, now it's up to the schools. And that's, look, we're adding more responsibility, and I get that, to school teachers or to the coaches, but yeah. we've, got, we've got to basically do something to, to curtail this activity because it just seems to get worse and worse every day. And, and um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen about this, but I do think that at some point something's going to happen, and it's going to finally just sort of like, okay, we got to do something to stop this. And I don't really see, uh, and Donald, thank you for the call, I, I don't really see on the horizon any solutions. Yeah, I know coaches will sit down with the team in preseason and say, I don't want to ever hear you guys doing anything with social media, but that doesn't seem to have much impact because there's, no there's no real threat. There's no sense of what the punishment's going to be. It just isn't, it's almost like empty words, and, and, and that's a concern. Let's go quickly to John over in Fort Lee, New Jersey. John, good morning. You have about 30 seconds. Real quick, Rick. How are you? Good, John. Uh, I, w- I was hired up in Fort Lee about 30 years ago by a guy named Dr. John Richardson. Okay. Great administrator, great coach, athletic director, everything. A tremendous man. He had one saying, it's not fun until you tell somebody. And that rings true today. These kids, when they put this stuff out, if they kept it all to themselves, it's not fun. Yeah, they want this to get out. It's it, that's how he, Doctor Richardson, always told me. That's how you catch kids who are doing things wrong. You have to tell somebody. And with this social media, kids don't. It doesn't hit them that what kind of damage it could do. But again, it's not fun until you tell somebody. John, that's the bottom line. That's a, that's a very good observation because kids today. Human nature, especially when you're a teenager, you want to draw attention to yourself. And what better, easier, faster, cheaper way of doing that by doing something on social media to get people to get a rise out of them and say, look at me, look how clever, look how smart I am. And, of course, it totally backfires. And maybe that's the essence of what's going on or the human nature of kids, you know, not thinking through. Like they'd much prefer to be in the spotlight 
least for a few seconds, not realizing the devastating impact that their, that their stupid thoughts can have on them and on others. Uh, let me take a quick pause. I'll be back. Stay with me. Just some uh, some more thoughts uh, to finish off our discussion this morning, which has been a very good one about uh, social media and, and our kids. I mean, to me, if you really had to summarize or, or, or sort of capsulize what this all means, social media sort of equates, at least in my opinion, is, hey, a kid says, look how to the world, look how stupid I can be. <laughs> by, by look what I can post that's offensive or racist or dumb. Look at these comments I put out there, and uh, at least for a few moments, the world's going to focus on me and, and what I posted. It's, it's like a way of, of screaming for attention that is done in a very negative way. And, and you know, I, I, I guess for teenagers today, um, and I certainly don't profess to have any clue on how teenagers think or perceive the world, but the fact is, this is what they're doing, and this is how it hurts themselves and their lives. And unfortunately, they just don't seem to be able to think it through, particularly in a world where around their other teenagers, they don't see this as a problem. They see this as a standard operating procedure, and that it is a real concern. Okay, uh, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. Don't forget, I'll have more details for you in, in the weeks to come about uh, the, the, the event on October 24th. I do know that uh, it's taking place at Montclair State University in their School of Communications and Media, but I'll try to get a precise location on the campus for you. Again, it's 7 o'clock, mission is free, it'll be a panel discussion, and obviously very interactive with the audience. Okay, my thanks this morning to Brian Rascona. Please stick around for Football Sunday. That's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.